hope you got your Bibles handy. We're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17, and uh, we're going to be doing that in our house as well. We're opening up to 1, chap- 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're looking at a fairly familiar, a fairly familiar scripture. And before we come to the message, this is the reading. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20, starting at verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd. Excuse me. That's much better. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul. And the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock or go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Oh, sorry, I, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too for he has defied the armies of the living God. 
The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. If you don't mind, I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is like your sword and you use it to penetrate our hearts. And so, God, as I preach, Lord, may your word penetrate our hearts. Encourage our hearts, Lord, and lift us to a place where we can walk from here having greater faith in the God who can do the impossible. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. David said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear will deliver me from this pagan Philistine. In fact, the words that he uses to describe this Philistine are like curse words. If, if there was a movie being made about David and Goliath that was true to form, it would have to be rated uh, with curse words in it. Because David was very passionate about God. And he was very passionate about God's people. And if anything got in the way of that, he got very passionate about it. He said to Saul, God did it in the past through a lion and through a bear. And if God did it then, then God, could, God can do it now. I nearly titled this message tonight, not that a title really, really matters, but I nearly titled this message tonight, He Will Do It Again. He will do it again, but I didn't. You'll see the title on the screen behind me. Enemy at the gate. I want you to turn to the person next to you and, and tell them the enemies at the gate. The enemies at the gate. The enemies at the gate. The enemies at the, at the gate. The enemies at the gate. If we remember the miracles God has done in the past with awe and a thankful heart, we will not so easily fall into worry and fear when we have new challenges to face. The Philistine army were attacking Israel. They came against Israel. They set up forces against Israel. When David was facing Goliath, he remembered the lion and the bear he had already slain with God's help. Because he remembered what God had done, he had no fear of his situation with Goliath. Now, remember, David, David wasn't part of the army, which means he probably wasn't 20 years old. And there's a whole lot of experienced soldiers already there fighting for Israel. But yet David seems to be the one that stands out in this situation. They all face the same situation. David's brothers, King Saul, the Philistines, Goliath, and David. Same problem, same situation. 
same wall, but David walks away with a name that's more famous than any other name. You watch any sporting game or match where there's someone experienced against someone less experienced, and you'll often hear the phrase, it's a Goliath, it's a David versus Goliath battle. That phrase is made famous because of this one fact that David recognized that the enemy was at the gate. David recognized that the enemy was at the gate. I don't know if you guys got enemies. I hope you don't. <laughs> but sometimes there are things in our life that come against us, like the Philistine army came against Israel. And sometimes we can we can get downhearted and think the worst. Sometimes it can be overcoming and overwhelming for us. Are you facing something tonight? Maybe right now. Maybe just the last few weeks that looks like a giant in your life. An enemy. Something that seems like Saul said to David ridiculous that you would be up against it something ominous that seems to outweigh out muscle out power outwit you if you do if you are then remember god's goodness think back over your life with the lord and how he has worked in your life in the past think of the victories that you have under your belt. They might be small victories, but they're victories. And God uses those past experiences. Be thankful for what he's done before and choose to believe he can do it again. In God's kingdom, the giants that face us are really only re-manifestations of prior defeated adversaries dressed up to look more impossible. I'll say that again. In God's kingdom, the giants that face us are only re-manifestations of prior defeated adversaries dressed up to look more impossible. You know, David says this one phrase, throughout the battle with Goliath. He says, the battle is the Lord's. God has never lost a battle. God has never lost a fight. He is always victorious. If the battle is God's, guess who's going to win? God. Yeah, right answer, Anna. God. God is always going to win. But what the devil likes to do is throw at us the same situation, but dressed up to look more fearful. He did it for David. Could you imagine being alone in the paddock looking after sheep and a lion comes after the sheep? Now, if it was me, I'd tell you what I'd do. The first thought that came to my mind would not be chase the lion. It wouldn't be. It would be run from the lion. Maybe you're different. I'm not sure. Send us a notification and let us know if you would do that. Any any lion stories out there. But David, he must have been pretty ripped. 
he must have been pretty strong to be able to club a lion, to chase after a lion, to chase after a bear. And, and if the bear or the lion turned on him, David said he would hold it by its jaws and club it to death. That's a tough kid, not even 20 years old. Talk about resilience. But David remembered those battles that he won where he might have been afraid and alone in a private situation. He won those battles with God's help. And there comes a day here, we read about it in 1 Samuel 17, where David is made public and he has to, he, he, he wins a battle that's similar to those in the past, but it's public. See, these, these adversaries that come dressed up to make us, to make it look more impossible, they come to try to take your focus and my focus off of the God who makes all things possible for those who believe. Now, I don't know what your giant is, but the giant, it actually, the, it's the enemy. It, it's, it's, really not, it's really not that bad. Think about it. When, when David beat Goliath, how long did it take him to do it? How long? Three weeks? Two weeks? One week? One, one day, less than that, one, one minute. Anyone, can you take us for one minute? My lounge room has given me, I feel like I'm at an auction. One second, 10 seconds. It didn't take very long. It was just within the space of a, maybe, maybe an hour. He turns up to this, to this fight that he didn't start. He hears this giant declaring that uh, the creator of heaven and earth is, uh, is, is nothing. And so David steps up to battle and he beats this, this giant, this warrior. He beats him within the space of, a, of, of moments. But, but the giant that we face, we, we sort of, we think this is going to take me forever. But the giants that come our way, they're just previous victories that we've had that are dressed up to make it look more impossible to get our focus off of God. The real enemy that David actually had there in that scenario that we read was Saul, King Saul. He, David and Saul ended up having conflict for many, many years, many, many years. And he, you know, we can learn something from that because what we think is the enemy is actually a gateway. And what we don't think is the enemy is sometimes the enemy. But if you ever have an enemy, if you ever have a giant in your life, it's actually a sign that there's a gateway nearby. That's why I've titled this message, The Enemy at the Gate. Because everyone there at that battlefield, except for one person, saw an impossible enemy. And one person saw an opportunity to go through to the next level of life, to go through to the next chapter that God has for him. He didn't see it as an obstacle at all. He saw it as an opportunity. David had the highest authority 
in the land, King Saul, telling him that it was ridiculous to face Goliath without military experience. I would, I would be the same. I would say the same. And many of us would. But David understood this kingdom principle, that if God did it before, he will do it again. And if there is an enemy in my way, all it is is a gate to something else for me, to the next level. You know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. But it comes to our perception of it. I want you, if you've got a pen and paper, write down things that God has done for you in the past and focus on them instead of your problem. Instead of telling God how big your enemy is or your problem is, start declaring to your enemy how big your God is. David comes into this battle unprepared. He, he doesn't come looking for a fight. And isn't that often the way when we face the giants in our life? We just They just turn up. You're just doing what you've been asked to do. You know, David was just delivering food to his brothers for his dad. And he gets caught up in this fight that he didn't start. But he understood that if there's, if there's, going, to be a, if there's going to be an enemy, then there must be a gate somewhere nearby. And the gate for David was Goliath, conquering Goliath. King Saul offered, whoever, whoever killed Goliath, he offered finance. He offered a, a rich reward. He offered it, one of his daughters in marriage. That not only just gave him a wife, but it gave him a, a standing in society in Israel to be married to a king's daughter. And also another thing that David, that the, that the person who was going to kill Goliath was promised was that his whole family would be tax-free. Could you imagine that? That would be amazing to be tax-free, to have all of that worry taken away. But David, we don't read of anything after this where David is tax-free or uh, that he's given a wife. In fact, he, he, he has to, um, he didn't want to take a wife initially. And we don't read of any finances that he gets. Why? Because David understood that the enemy was at the gate. He didn't really care too much about money or women or tax, free life. He wanted to go through to the next chapter that God had for him. And through Goliath, through this gate, through this enemy, David was victorious. Now, I don't know what you guys are facing. I know I've faced a few giants in my life or a few bears and a few lions in my life. And they've never been, they've never been wastes of time as far as God is concerned because he uses those past victories to equip us and strengthen us and enable us to face real victories, not in private, but in public. We can stand up for him in public and not only defeat the giants in our life, but defeat the whole enemy. This is what happened with David. He, he took Goliath down and the whole of Israel all of a sudden was energized with hope that they could take out the whole Philistine army, which they did 
They ended up routing the whole army. Why didn't they do that to start with? Because they were afraid. They were able to, but they forgot what God had done in the past. And they forgot what God was able to do. Nothing is impossible for God. Say that to yourself. Nothing is impossible for God. Take some time to think about and talk to yourself about God's miraculous work. What has he done? Then you'll find courage filling your heart. When the giant fell, David, David, all he used was a sling and a stone to kill, to take Goliath down, to take the enemy down. If you've got your Bible, have it there. We see a standoff in the valley between Goliath and David talking to each other, yelling at each other. And we see in verse 40, David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. He went towards the Philistine and and he slung, he got five stones, but he only needed one and the stone landed in the Philistines' forehead. In verse 48, uh, 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, David hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. You know, when the giant fell the first time from the stone, when the giant fell, his physical appearance did not change. It didn't change. Instantaneously, it didn't change over, overnight. It, well, it did eventually. But his physical appearance didn't change. Only he was now lifeless and horizontal and impotent. Could you imagine this? This nine foot tall, experienced Philistine warrior covered in armor, carrying a massive javelin, breathing threats over you, an inexperienced under 20 year old shepherd from Bethlehem. Here he is. Now he's horizontal, lifeless and impotent. The funny thing is that that is exactly how David saw Goliath before he killed him. And that's, that's going to be the clincher for you and for me as well. Whenever an enemy comes our way, it should just be a sign to us that there's a gateway nearby through to something better. That God has prepared in advance for us. But we need to step forward in faith and see the giant like it is. It's just a previous defeated foe dressed up to look more impossible. We should look at God and, and see his, his stance and his strength over this, over this giant, whatever it is. Whatever it is, you come to it and you declare what God is to that giant, whatever it is, and you see it as something horizontal and lifeless and impotent. And you will see God break in and break through. And you'll see victory 
and you'll see that God will open up a gateway into something new for you. There might be other giants ahead to face. We know that David had many more battles ahead. One of those battles was, was with Bathsheba. You know, battles come in all shapes and sizes. But God only comes in one size. Big. With God, all things are possible. The giant is not your enemy. It's at your gate. It's just in the way of something good that God's got in store. If you can stay in faith and fix your eyes on the Lord, I believe you'll see great things ahead. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's, and he always wins. So next time you see an enemy coming your way, whether it be uh, depression or anxiety or fear or hopelessness or loneliness or disease or death or or marriage breakdown or, or relationship difficulties or financial hardship, You look that giant in the eye and you tell it how big your God is and look around and see where the gate might be because whenever a giant comes your way or an enemy comes your way, there will always be an opportunity to push on to greater levels. God always provides a way out. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your faithfulness. And we declare, Lord, tonight that we all see our giants fall. In fact, Lord, we already see them as horizontal and lifeless and impotent. In your sight, Lord, everything pales into insignificance. And we believe, God, that what you did in our past, you will do again, even greater. And the things that you've taken us through, Lord, that we've been through in the past, They've encouraged us and equipped us and strengthened us to face what what is ahead. And so, Lord, we thank you so much that in the midst of this, in the midst of the battles that come our way, there is always an opportunity, a gate, an opportunity for us to grow in our faith, to move from glory to glory, to trust you more and to see you move. And there's always opportunities the other side of that giant, the other side of that enemy, the other side of that hardship. There are always more opportunities to serve you and to glorify your holy name. So, Lord, I pray for those people right now that might be listening or watching this that are facing a giant, that are facing an enemy. They might not have been looking for it and it just turned up. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would be strong in their hearts. They would trust you, God. And that you'd keep their eyes open to what you're doing in the midst of that hardship. That they might see an opportunity to glorify you and to bring bring the giant down. In Jesus' name, amen.